sees me here, colors sweep in tears. Slow down, I can see you're so sincere. everybody welcome back to another episode of tell me this the summer edition as many of you know who listen we wrapped up season two we're preparing for season three and i've been taking some amazing coaching classes actually being taught by the person who's on today i'm so excited coach jen laura hello hello <laughs> I, added, I added my own applause there you go that's good yes yeah, so we're doing a summer of coaching and next up, I feel like, is Jen. So I wanted to introduce Jen. Jen Lahr is a professor of education, lead coach, and co-creator of Anne Arundel Community College award-winning engagement coach training program. This is the one in Arnold, Maryland that I've been mentioning that if you haven't taken a look at it, check it out on the website. It is the first community college-based ICF, that's the International Coaching Federation Accredited Coaching Training in the U.S. Ooh, that was a mouthful, Jen. Yes. When not tethered to her, her laptop or training coaches and teaching, Jen enjoys her family, spending time outdoors, dividing her time between Maryland and Colorado. Jen believes coaching has the power to transform the world. She is self-proclaimed coaching evangelist. I would agree with that <laughs> on, on many counts that it will transform the world. And yes, you are an evangelist. I love you always have these great words that you come up with. I was telling somebody the other day, Jen, that you you coined self-coaching as scoaching, which I absolutely love. So, so welcome. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's, um, it's a pleasure for folks who don't know, well, you probably wouldn't know, but, uh, this, this interview is near and dear to my heart because Jen and I have been friends for, oh my goodness, Jen, like 20 plus years. Yeah. I think we're going on 22 this fall. I know, which is crazy. Jen and I actually met at Anne Arundel Community College when we were both, it's so funny to think, first year professor, assistant professors at the college. I was in the school of business and Jen was in school of ed, right? Mm -hmm. School of ed. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was social sciences or school. So school of ed, and they did a year long uh, or it was called the learning college, like orientation for faculty. And, and Jen and I sat next to each other and the rest is history. I feel like <laughs> watch out world. <laughs> I know. Watch out world. Here we come. It's, it was, it was actually so lovely because I don't know that we would have met so quickly had we not done that orientation because we were in different schools. So I guess it was just meant to be Jen. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's like another feather in the cap of onboarding experiences. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're speaking my language there, lady. So, um, so I'm curious, I don't know that I've, I've, I've ever asked you in all the conversations we've ever had, Jen, and the, the, the classes I've taken from you or with you, I don't know that I know the answer to this. So I'm really interested. Um, what was your first experience with coaching, whether it was formal or informal? Well, I actually had not heard of coaching before. And then um, a good friend, her name is Sue Abuelsamid. I taught with her when we both lived in Ecuador together and taught at a school there. Mm -hmm. When we returned, she's Canadian. I'm from the U.S. When we returned back to our prospective countries, she started training to be a coach because she mm -hmm. had been exposed to coaching and worked with a coach. And uh, 
it was probably around 2012. So it's been a, almost a decade. And she sent out one of those mass emails. Remember when you first sent out mass emails to everybody? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Remember those? I am still a believer in a good mass email. She sent out a mass email asking if anybody would volunteer to be a client because she needed to practice. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh God, I feel so sorry for her. No one, no one's going to volunteer because what is life coaching? Like that, like that first off, what a weird career. That's wonky. <laughs> Who calls themselves that? It sounds so presumptuous. Like yes. you have all the skills are going to, isn't it? It's awful. Yes. So I felt badly. Then I thought, well, I, I'll take one for the team world. <laughs> and so I volunteered. She set up a time to coach me by phone because we obviously weren't in the same place if we're in two different countries. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it was like 30 to 60 minutes the session. And as soon as I hung up, I said to my husband, like, I need more of that. I do not know what life coaching is, but whatever that just was, was so supportive and helpful, even in one session that I was like sold. And so I literally hired her, even though she was a friend, I just paid her and said, I I don't know what this thing is, but I need more. And so for the next, at least a year and a half, we coached together one-on-one. Oh my gosh. That's, that's so funny that you were not sure what you were getting yourself into. No, I, I was like, that. oh, poor thing. <laughs> Dead end career. <laughs> I'll, I'll just help her out here while she's while she's testing the waters on this one. Oh my goodness. Well, it brings, I mean, it brings up a good point. And I'm so glad and always appreciate your <clears throat> honesty, Jen, because you know, this the audience, our listening audience is still, as you probably know, getting sort of accustomed and acquainted with this idea of coaching. Um, and really in the interviews that I've, I've done with other folks, the definitions of coaching, even among coaches is varied. And so I'm really curious to hear when, when you say you receive coaching or you are coaching, what does that mean to you? Yeah, that's great. You know what? That's a really good point. The, the <laughs> definitions are so varied mm-hmm. and what I normally say, this is sort of my pitch, um, or just when someone says, what's a coach do? I yeah. usually say, a coach supports another human being as they move from point A to B to C and beyond in their life. Mm. Um, Because it really is just a support. We don't give advice. We don't tell people what to do. We don't problem solve. Mm -hmm. uh, We don't make suggestions. Um, So I think that helps people see like, well, then my gosh, what do you do? And so what I typically then say next is I'm trained to ask really provocative, powerful questions that get you thinking deeply Mm -hmm. so that you can start exploring, uncovering, and discovering what you want in your life so that you live the most fulfilled and engaged life possible. Mm. And usually people still are not 100% sure. (laughs) (laughs) And then I usually shut up and I just say, hey, do you want to try coaching? Like Mm. I've got 10 minutes, (laughs) like, let's go. Yeah, that's, I have found, I think you're right. The best way to describe it is just to do it, right? It's just to have, have them have a little bit of faith and trust like you did with your friend. Right. And just like jump in. Cause even, um, when I meet with clients and, and a few people mentioned on the interviews clients, even if you had, if you, even if you go through that shtick with them, you know, 10 minutes into the session, they're like, so what do you think about this? Right. And I'm like, no, let, let, what do you think about this? Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to, yeah, I'm pointing at Jen, like throwing it right back at you. Cause I'm not giving advice. <laughs> So it, it can be tricky for sure. So, um, 
So, so how do you, like, you know, you said you sort of alluded to provocative questions, like when you show up coach, like, right. With those skills, what does that look like? Again, I'm just trying to give more of a vivid picture to the audience. What does that look like for you? Yeah. Well, one thing I love about coaching and I will say this to my grave, which hopefully is not anytime soon. And what I keep saying is this is part of being human. These Mm. skills aren't just to be a coach, a leadership, a life coach, an executive coach, a you call yourself whatever coach you want. They really make you a better citizen of the world. Mm. So when I'm showing up either a full-blown coach or just even coach-like. So for example, I have a teenager. I can show up coach-like with her. Mm -hmm. I can ask better questions. I can listen. I cannot give advice, which for a teenager is like the best way to show up, (laughs) (laughs) right? Don't tell her what to do. She's going to figure it out on her own. Uh I can um, control any of those or tame any of those like internal voices that Mm. might worry or have fear about her and her development and how she lives life, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can do that in all different aspects. I can do that in work. I can do that with my husband. I can do that with you right now. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom recently passed away. I literally could show up coach-like for her in her final days. Mm. Um, And so it's just, it's just a set of skills that never stops giving. I'm even a better person at the grocery store. You know, (laughs) it's like, I get, and I can't believe it because you and I both, if we were to tally up our college degrees, it's mm. lovely. It's impressive. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I got to tell you the, the degree that I use the most or the information comes from coaching classes. Mm. That's crazy. So, hmm, that's crazy. What, what does that mean? I mean, and I mean it jokingly, but I'm, I'm actually curious. What does that mean to show up even as a better person at the grocery store? Like why, why does coaching help you in that way? Well, I can like say I'm checking out Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, ask the cashier, oh, how's your day? And they respond Mm -hmm. and uh, I can just be more present that Mm -hmm. I don't have to like reply and get my response in. Yeah. Or if somebody asks me the same question, oh, how's your day? I can say with truth, how it's going, not just define or it's Mm -hmm. okay. Like I can, can be more truthful. It makes me more patient. For example, Mm -hmm. um, I remember right when the pandemic was happening, I was standing by the the poultry section (laughs) going for a pack of meat. And, you know, we didn't know all the rules of the virus or all what was Mm -hmm. happening. And I remember a woman was really annoyed with me because I was way too close within for sure. And even though we had masks on, this is like early pandemic. Mm -hmm. I could tell her body language, everything she was putting off was like, I, what is this woman doing so close? And the old me would have like been mad at her, would have been resentful, (laughs) maybe been like kicking myself. Oh my God, I'm a bad person. (laughs) Like Mm. all the junk, you know, when somebody doesn't, I say in quotes like you. And at that moment, I just was like, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I'm just learning. And I like move back and I could just sort of check that there. She Mm. could have her space. I could be patient. I didn't have to beat myself up in any way, shape or form. Mm. It is in my memory because it is an important memory. Cause to me, I mark that spot is like a growth moment. Yeah. Like, look at me. I don't have to be mad at myself. I don't have to be a people pleaser. I don't have to over apologize. I don't have to hate this woman. I can just go, Oh, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. You go get your chicken first. And I'm coming in second. So, I mean, it's in some ways it sounds silly, except for if I can tame a voice at the poultry section, then I can start taming voices in my personal and professional life too. 
Yeah, because if you can't tame a voice at a poultry section, there's no way in hell you can tame it at a meeting, right? So like, when the stakes are so much higher, right? Like if the stakes are so low standing in the grocery store and you can't manage it, there's, we can't ask you to do it in the high stakes moment. So I actually don't think it's silly. It's really powerful. It makes me, it's, it's really interesting, Jen, because I think the other thing that's emerging to, to me or for me in these interviews, and I think we talk about it a little bit in classes, but less so, you know, one thing that was clear from everybody who interviewed was how much not only do we love the coaching classes because we're receiving all this ama amazing information, but we're actually doing it like that night, the even the first night, as scared as I was, we're coaching, right? Like that's the only way to do this. And so the benefits are certainly the knowledge. The benefits are certainly the coaching. But the other benefit is what you just described, which is it's impacting us as individuals and how we look at the world. Cause I will say I show up at meetings, even if I'm not coaching others, I'm coaching myself as I'm going through a meeting. That's like, you know, bothering me. And I'm like, what's bothering you? What is, what is that feeling? And so I think it's a under discussed, important impact of, of your classes and being a coach. So I was glad, I think the grocery store example is a very good one. <laughs> So, so thanks for bringing that up. You mentioned your daughter, your teenage daughter. I know she's been so generous about letting you share how important it's been, you know, that, that showing up coach, like what's your sense in, you know, working with kids or coach showing up coach, like with kids, I mean, is, is it just for teenagers or what do you think? Cause I have little kids like nine, you know, six and nine. What is, does, does it work with them too? You think? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Can I just bottom line? Yes. yes. Five exclamation points. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's first off and the parents or caregivers showing up like coaches or with these skills could, mm -hmm. could literally revolutionize how kids grow up in, in mm -hmm. their households. Um, educators, Baltimore County public schools has a slew of um educators that we've now trained as coaches mm -hmm. and they you can they'll you can interview that they'll say the same thing these skills change how you show up yeah. um and even even teachers who've been teaching for 20 30 <laughs> years are like where were these skills like these coaching skills change how i am um so no it really is for everybody carrie and i that's why I love that we have a coaching program at the community college because it's definitely more accessible and mm. more affordable and more high quality. Because oftentimes when you train as a coach, it's really expensive. My coach training was 12 grand. <laughs> Most people don't have 12 grand. By the way, I didn't have 12 grand either. I just leveraged my tuition benefit um, mm. through work and just over the years got trained. But I just think it's so important that we don't just keep hogging these coaching skills. They yes. really make us better. Yeah. And it's and it's for teachers. And I keep saying we need to train a whole slew of teens to have these coaches. Now, mm. my daughter has a ton of coaching skills because she lives with me. And so we'll talk about powerful questions and how to hear your intuition versus letting your mind. Mm. Um, and saboteur is something we talk about a lot. I'm sure it's come up on, has it come up on some of the other? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, those, those critical voices, mm -hmm. you know, she, she'll say to me, well, it's not a saboteur because, or it is a saboteur. And it's like mm. the vocabulary is so great. Mm. So it really is for any age, obviously the way it's taught or infused needs to be age appropriate. Sure. Um, and we could have a whole children's book series on this, right? This, this mm. doesn't have to be, you know, I'm in my fifties. This doesn't have to be, <laughs> let's save it to their fifties. <laughs> 
right? Please let's that's, not save it till they're 15. No. And, yeah. and that's why, yes, um, I'm a huge advocate. And this is why I love Baltimore County Public Schools so much and Anne Arundel County um, Public Schools and PG, which is Prince George's, mm-hmm. Howard County. These are all Maryland school districts. Their educators are starting to be trained as coaches because these skills need to be baked in teacher prep programs. Mm. This should not be an add-on after, which is what we're doing and that's fine. This should just be part of teacher prep. These skills change how our educators show up in schools, how our school leaders show up and think of all the kids that are impacted. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, Katie, Dr. Katie Martino, who's an assistant principal, she said the same thing that even if she's not, you know, officially coaching. She said she shows up coach like every day with her kids and it's, it's kept her curious, right. Staying present and asking really interesting questions. And so, yeah. So, and I think she's in an elementary school. So I think that, yeah, totally makes sense. Um, so you mentioned your, you know, leveraging your tuition benefits over the course of years. And so I really am interested because I've heard some of it, but I would love for our audience to hear. And I've asked everybody about their coaching journey, because after you finished the courses, I remember you kept showing up coach like, but weren't officially coaching. So can you talk us a little bit about that process and sort of what made you decide to, you know, put on that coaching identity, if you will? Mm hmm. Well, after I coached with Sue, who remember I felt mm-hmm. really bad for yep, and yep. volunteered. <laughs> yeah. So at least a year into our coaching, I said okay. to her, Sue, and she's an educator also, by the way. So educator, coach, and now she does a ton of leadership development all over mm. the world. Um, and I said to her, if I had your skills in a classroom, because I was teaching at the time at the community yep. college. I'd be unstoppable. Like, I think I'm a pretty good teacher, but this, these skills, the way you ask questions and you listen and you leverage metaphors and all the things you do as a coach, like I would be amazing as an educator. And she said, um, I call it the magic sentence, go get trained as a coach. And I was like, (laughs) like who needs another flipping degree? And um, she's like, no, just like go take the classes, whether you finish, whether you get certified, who cares? You just want the skills. And I was like, oh, touche. That's a great point. Mm. So I love to learn. It is one of my um, top core values. And so I signed up for coach training. This was pre-pandemic. So I would go to DC on the weekends Mm -hmm. um, and take coaching classes. And because they're expensive, they were about $1,500 a class. I couldn't take them all at once. I would go take a class and then I'd wait six months, take a (laughs) class and wait six months. And so I did that for three years. I just took a class and waited and that was fine. During the waiting time, I coached, uh, actually, no, I didn't coach during the waiting time. I just used the skills in everyday life. So I use them in my family. I use them certainly in my work. I remember after my very first class, it was a three-day class. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday in DC. I showed it back to work on Monday and I could already tell, I was like looking around, like, does anyone else notice I'm different? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm a different person. Mm. (laughs) Um, And at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm already living like a coach. I'm already asking better questions. I'm already exercising patience. I'm like, there were so many things. Mm-hmm. And um, so for three years, did not want to be certified, could care less about coaching anybody one-on-one. I don't think I actually even coached anybody one-on-one except for homework for the classes. Wow. Um, I just used it all the time. 
And it made me a better wife. It made me a better daughter. It made me Mm -hmm. all the things better. And then I was about three years into just showing up coach-like is what I like to call it. And um, I was taking a new position at the college leading professional development. And I thought, you know what? I bet that thing where people get certified is probably useful because what it forces you to do is it forces you to coach one-on-one for at least a hundred hours. As you know, it forces you to work with a mentor coach to, to strengthen your coaching skills And I thought, I bet those two things, it reminds me a little bit like student teaching. I Mm -hmm. bet those two things would be really supportive while I support the employees of Anne Arundel Community College in their professional development. So I then never thought I would want to be certified, but I decided it would be great if I had deeper skills so that I could support others. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I went and um, continued my journey. I coached for a hundred hours, one-on-one. I uh, worked with a fantastic mentor coach out of North Carolina. Her name is Ann Gall. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, I got ICF certified, which is, a, you know, like a, a process and has mm-hmm. a standardized test at the end and all the good things. And I'm so glad I did because it's like any muscle, you know, I'm showing up coach like was great. Don't get me wrong. If that's all I ever did, thank my lucky stars. Um, however, coaching hundred hours really strengthened the muscle of, of, for me. And, um, there's no looking back. I'm now at, oh my gosh, I'm probably nearing 700 hours of coaching at least at this point. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. You're right. I love the comparison to a muscle. Cause I think even, even if you only set out and it's not only if, if your goal is to take a couple of the courses, I can think when I, we were reflecting on this in some of the interviews, cause most of the folks other than coach Alex, I think most of the folks are newer to the coaching sort of area. And we were reflecting on like moving from even just the beginning of the first class to now, or the beginning of the first class to the end, just flexing that muscle in class and with your pod, which is the groups that Jen and Anton put us in to sort of practice outside of that was basically the homework we had. And it's amazing how much better you get. Just, you have to do it. You, this is not something you can just read in a book. Like you have to just do it. So, um, yeah. So I think the muscle thing is a good, is a good one. So you, you had a, a, I love the story of, of your first coaching experience, you know, feeling sorry for a friend and being supportive. (laughs) So, but that's not the only time to seek out a coach. (laughs) So I'm wondering for people who are listening and thinking, hmm, I'm really curious about this. This sounds, you know, really powerful or something I'm interested in. When do you think, Jen, is a good time to seek a coach? And and if you had if you could give folks tips on that process of like coach matching, right? What would be what would be things for them to think about? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think first off, if one of your listeners is listening right now and going, Oh, I'm so curious just try it, right? You really don't have much to lose. Just try it. So I would say use curiosity um, first to guide you. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, coaching, as I mentioned earlier, is such a great support. It's a great way to unfold, reveal, discover, explore things in life. Mm 
So I remember um, when I first started coaching with Sue, I would keep a sticky note of topics. Mm. And the first bunch of topics were topics related to dreams that I had for my life, both personal and professional, that just weren't going anywhere. They were just like, oh, I want to, and then fill in the blank. Um, And so I think for anyone who's got dreams that might be at a standstill or just need a little fanning of the fire or some uncovering or unfolding of those dreams, I think coaching is really fantastic for that. A lot of humans have dreams, whether it's dreams to have a family, dreams to have a different job, dreams to start a business, dreams to travel. It's just, that's a pretty common human experience. So if you've got dreams, coaching is great for that. I also on my list, remember there were so many things on the list that <laughs> piss me off. Oh, God. I would like talk to somebody like even a family member that might annoy me. And then I'd be like adding to the list <laughs> um, or topics that I really would wrestle with. Like I used to wrestle a lot with money. Money mm-hmm. always felt scarce to me, even though I was pretty solid paycheck, middle-class, it always felt really scarce. Um, and so I would just add the things to my list that just were rubbing me wrong. Some in a big way, annoying and frustrating, um, and some in a smaller way. And then I think those are great to get coaching on because those things that annoy you, you can start ruminating about those and you spend then more time ruminating and less time doing the fun dreams and making a dream come true and living your best life. So those are two great categories to start with. I also, um, people oftentimes think that coaching is just for like challenges and issues and problems, right? Yes. So we created our own skill called radical celebration for our program because people it's first, it's radical for people to stop and celebrate. Um, And you're laughing. What's making you laugh? I'm so curious. What's making me laugh is because I several years ago adopted a practice with my doc students that at the end of every semester or at moments, we have a sync session together where all we do is celebrate. There's like no agenda other than you made it through this thing and we need to stop and celebrate it. So I love, I love that you guys do that. Cause I think it's doctoral studies is a very long journey. And if you wait to the end, like you're missing out on all these little milestones. So that's why I'm smiling. I've got chills hearing that because, yeah. <laughs> and, and then use that as a metaphor for life, right? There's so many things to celebrate, except for we wait, we wait to a holiday. We wait mm-hmm. to a birthday. We wait till the end. And then it's like, we're missing out. Like I'm looking out, you know, the window here in Maryland, it's, it's spring into summertime. It is gorgeous. There's mm-hmm. so much to celebrate in nature. Yes. Um, and all the beautiful research on gratitude and celebration and positivity. It's like, why wouldn't you want to do that? So in coaching, you can also have all the things you want to celebrate, which is so cool because then we learn from mm-hmm. what's working and even what's not working, we learn from it. It creates momentum. Then there's more celebrations, more <laughs> life fulfillment. It's like, it doesn't get old. Yeah. So I'd say dreams are great for people who, um, first off, curiosity. If you're curious about coaching, seek a coach. Dreams, sitting in the queue, waiting to happen, wanting to know more, coaching. Things revenue you wrong, coaching things you're celebrating, coaching. And then the other part of my list that I have for topics are just things I'm really curious about. Mm. Um, For example, we moved during the pandemic. I was really curious, like what's making me want to move? 
it's not an issue. It's not a celebration, but I wanted to understand more. It was really helpful. Um, this summer, I'm getting coaching um, this week on the summer. Why? Because I want this summer to be awesome. And I don't want to just wait, I say in quotes, for it to be awesome. I want to create the awesome. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to get coaching on the summer because why wait? And I think that's one of the beautiful things about um, coaching. You don't our clients, ourselves, we don't have to default to what life brings us. We can create the life that mm -hmm. we want. And I know it sounds a little cliche and wonky. I don't mean to be that. And it is totally true. I'm in charge of this life. No matter what the situation, good or bad, I have control over my mindset. And so I want to be really intentional. And that's where coaching really helps. Yeah. You had a question about how to find a coach, right? I did. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say too, um, I would... I would like you to stop saying, I would like you to stop apologizing and saying I'm being cliche and wonky. Cause I, oh. I, I think that what you're saying is so important because like, I mean, I just feel like if it wasn't, if it wasn't true, it wouldn't be a cliche. Right. So, and I also think that we are trying to, I mean, I'm, there's a coaching mindset and you know, whether you're being coached or doing the coaching and it is what you said, I love, we don't need to go to the default. You know, we don't have to wait for that big milestone. Like let's stop waiting for the big milestones and do it now. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know about you, Jen, but I so often am working with students and colleagues and myself. I I'm in there too, that we say, I don't have time to do that thing. And I'm, and I'm thinking more about this a lot, which is actually we do have the time, but what are you valuing and how are you using that time? I mean, you mentioned the, the stress that comes with the worry. Are you spending an hour of your day worrying when that hour could be, you could like deal with that worry in a 15 minute, 30 minute coaching session and move on with your day. So, so I would like us to, to normalize these like taking control and not going to default rather than just saying, Oh, it sounds silly or cliche. So that's just my two cents in there. Oh girl. I love that. Thank you <laughs> for pointing that out because you know, oftentimes we need, and this is why you're a coach. This is why you work with a coach because I say those things and don't even notice them yeah. except for what I am doing. You're absolutely right. Is I'm minimizing the importance of coaching and normalizing it. So yes, Yes. 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 So if you had to, if you could, and I'm going to ask you to, so you can, if you could give just a couple of tips. So the person comes with their list, whatever, whether it's dreams, frustrations, wrestling, curiosities, or something else, they're with a coach for 15. Usually it's really nice. Cause you're right. Coaches will give you usually 15 minutes of free. You're not paying for it. So it's really, so what, what should, should you as a client notice or wonder, or to see if it's a good match, any yeah. thoughts? Yes, I do. And by the way, someone is not someone. The landscape company in our neighborhood is outside. Still okay? Can you? Oh, it's me? fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. We we just go with the flow in this podcast. Like it's never <laughs> going to be perfect. We do what 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 comes what comes up comes up, Jen. <laughs> I love it. That's what yep. we do in coaching. We're like, oh, let's incorporate landscaping yeah. into the next question. No worries. Um, <laughs> uh, so what I would say, and this is what I usually encourage new clients, um, I'll say. The best way to experience coaching is to try it for more than one session. That's mm. usually what I say, because 
coaching, there's a, a bit of momentum and there's a little bit of getting used to the chemistry between you and the coach. Sometimes you hit it off like immediately, mm-hmm. like in an email even, or you see somebody's <laughs> website, you're like, oh my God, I love them already. Yeah. Um, and then other times you just got, you need to oftentimes feel comfortable. Usually the coach is very comfortable because we train our coaches to like guards down vulnerability, mm-hmm. be here, be present and stay. Um, so I usually encourage people, you know, sign up for a uh, if you can, three or more sessions so that mm. you can really get to experience it and make some headway. And then if you don't enjoy the experience or the coach, don't say coaching's not for me. Just say maybe <laughs> that coach is not for me. Yeah. Right. That yeah. coach isn't for me. We have, there's thousands of coaches on the planet. There's billions of people who could be clients. That's right. You know, try to, try to make the match work for you. Yeah. Um, and then I usually, um, encourage clients to whatever is first and foremost on your mind. Um, that you want coaching on. So I, I generally say to my clients, you know, I have tools and activities that we can do and please bring some topics. And I usually share my sticky notes story in a very bottom line fashion. If there's Mm. things that coming that are coming up that you're curious about, you want to discover, rub you the wrong way, you want to celebrate, get them on the list. That way you always have um, a list of topics to choose from. Mm. Um, And then then that the cool thing about being a client is you just show up. Yeah. And by the way, that's, that's so does the coach. Cool thing about being a coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the only professions that I'm super familiar with where you literally just show up. Like yeah. I don't even bring a pencil and paper anymore to wow. coaching sessions. I'm just like, oh, here I am. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're you're the, you're a master master coaching. So I still bring a pencil and a pad of paper. I don't use it as much as I used to. Um, just in the, you know, semester or whatever it is, five months, I think in semesters, um, five months that we've been working together in your classes. But yeah, it is, it is true though. I, I think our last group coaching session that we did, I think most, all three of us sort of just decided to just like go with it and see, and it is, it's to me, that's when coaching is its purest when both people involved, or if it's a group session, you just show up to see what bubbles up. Um, and usually what bubbles up ends up being like totally cool, which is (laughs) makes it so makes it so fun. So I've never asked you this question and I don't think it's come up in class. So I'd love to hear, do you have, what, what is your favorite coaching skill? Oh, Ooh, Ooh, (laughs) Ooh, Ooh. Um, well, I have a few actually. It's okay. I expected that. So yes, share, you know, please. I, I think of like those chefs when they roll out their knife kits mm, and they're like mm, pretty velvety. Yes. Packs. Yes. Um, and there's like not just one knife. Typically there's like several knives. Yes. So my several knives, um, first and foremost, powerful questions. Mm. You know, we are taught to um, ask some of the best questions on the planet um, and paired with asking those questions is a coach shutting up and listening. And so I think, you know, powerful questions are really probably one of the best knives in the pack. One Mm -hmm. of the best tools. Um, I love all the work we do about intuition, our inner voice and our inner wisdom. We all have it. Kids especially have it. Animals have it. Um, And then as adults, sometimes we forget to like tap in and still ourselves to hear it. Mm -hmm. And I love that in every coaching course we teach, we go a little deeper and a little deeper so that the coaches 
um, who are, you know, in training can start really hearing that inner wisdom. I use that all the time Mm -hmm. in my life. My daughter, who's a teen can drop into her intuition. It always knows the answer. It always knows. It's never scared. It's never ruminating. It's never, I've been thinking about this for three days or three weeks. Never. (laughs) Like for kids to be able to just know is just incredible. Um, And then the other skill that I love is embodiment. Embodiment, Mm -hmm. there's kind of like two forms of it, but the way I love it the most is I notice what I'm feeling in my body or I ask a client to. And the reason why is our bodies oftentimes know before our minds can make sense. Like you get a pit in your stomach, you get chills, you already feel the tenseness in your shoulders. Like our body is already reacting. And then our mind's like, oh gosh, you know, my shoulders are tense because, you know, this family situation stressing me out or something. Mm. And I love using that information is like such incredible wisdom for me that we're mm. born with, that we get. Um, and then teaching people to use it. And it's not, it's an aha moment because a lot of people are like, oh, that's right. My body does know. (laughs) Um, And it's an easy skill to learn because once you start tapping into your body, you can use that that information both as a coach to ask another great question. Um, And also when you're coaching, when you're self-coaching, I can say, (laughs) God, I'm noticing a pit in my stomach right now. What does that pit want me to know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love all those skills. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the, do you have a favorite, Carrie? Uh, oh my gosh. And there's so many good ones. Um, I love the intuition too. I think, um, yeah, I love that one. I, I feel like I can leverage that one um, with my clients. I feel like that's one that I'm pretty tapped into with others. I think it's been great to sort of te- reteach myself or remind myself to tap into it for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to learn to use it. Um, I've also really enjoyed the, the wisdom sort of work that we've done, which is around both saboteurs and sages, like just that sort of awareness of those things. And, and you had said it earlier, the idea of, and actually Shannon Fleischman talked about it in her interview, like coaching has just given us a whole nother set of vocabulary to name those things. Like we talk about you know, voices and confidence and, and insecurity. And now it's like sages and saboteurs. And it's, it's really powerful um, to have that, that set of vocabulary. Um, Yeah. So, so I think it's, I love, I love it all though. So it's hard to choose. I really just, it just feels, I just, when I started taking the classes, I mean, I've been an educator for a while. So I do think, you know, your intuition was right when you had said to Sue that, if I could coach, I would be even better that you were already a good educator. So I feel like they sort of are walk together, right? This profession seems to walk together with that profession. Um, so when I got in the classes, I was like, where have you been my whole life? (laughs) That's really how I felt. That's really how I felt. And having that vocabulary to say, oh, that's what I'm kind of doing with my students. And now I can turn up the volume because I really am practicing how to do that, which has been it's just been, it's just funny. It's just an amazing journey. You're right. It's impactful in so many different ways. So, um, Harry, can I just add a little aspect? Yeah, please. please. So we both are educators. We both are coaches and at Anne Arundel Community College, we have trained, oh gosh, we must be up to 140 employees full-time mm-hmm. and part-time to be coaches, many of which are not educators. 
don't even interface with students. For example, our ISIT department, back before the pandemic, if you went down the hallway, right? <laughs> we're talking technology, folks who write code, folks yeah. who are like working on user interface. Yeah. You walk down that, that aisle of their offices, there were like eight to 12 coaches there. Oh, that's amazing. And I say that because these skills aren't just for educators. They're not just for the people-y kind of professions. Yeah. Our HR department, half of them are trained as coaches. Our strategic communications, uh, all their leaders are trained as coaches plus more. Mm -hmm. It's just like the set of skills will not stop giving and it does not matter what your job title is. Um, yeah. They're just they're just yeah. I think that's right. And I think there are, there are some, some of my peers in the classes are not educators and they're showing up. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm glad you said that. Cause it's no, yeah, everybody can benefit from this, um, for sure. And oh yes, gosh. my, um, uh, we had a young engineer in one of our, uh, classes and he was doing it for leadership development. Like mm -hmm. it is to me, Train, being trained as a coach is the foundation of leadership development. I, to me, you can't even build leadership without these skills. So yeah. I'm like amazed when people don't have these skills and they're leaders. I'm like, oh, you back up, hit pause, come on, join us. Yeah, it's funny because I teach a leadership a leadership theory course at Hopkins. And, you know, we take the students through sort of the historical journey of leadership theory. And what I've noticed about coaching is like coaching takes the best of all these different like leadership theories and puts them in one place. Right. So, I mean, there's even a theory called like, you know, authentic leadership where you're supposed to show up as yourself. Right. And, and be vulnerable. So yeah. So I've, it's really interesting. And I totally agree with you when I've started taking the coach, I'm like, this is how we want all of our leaders to show up with curiosity, powerful questions, intuition, being able to notice their saboteurs, you know, the voices they have. So oh, imagine if all of our, our leaders showed up that way. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking of leaders in my orbit and I'm like, oh my goodness, that would be amazing. So for politicians or yeah. change age, I mean, <laughs> that makes we, me laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, one of our coaches was a city council person oh, um, in so Maryland. Cool. Like, and I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yes. A politician who's trained as a coach Y'all, this is how yeah. it changed, right? Well, we you, all show up. If we did a visualization right now, can you imagine one congressperson turning to the other congressperson and saying, well, I'm curious what, what you just said. That like just doesn't happen, right? Like we're all trying to talk. They're talking over each other. So can you imagine the impact that would have? Coaches in Congress. I mean, really, I, I think the president of the U.S. should have a coach. Maybe yeah. he does. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So good. For sure. So... If, if the audience has been paying attention at all, you will definitely, your intuition will be telling you that we both love coaching, that we try to show up coach like, that there are tons of benefits to coaching. And I'm going to ask Jen another question because I'm super curious. What's hard about coaching? That's good. What's hard about coaching for me in the beginning <laughs> is not trying to problem solve, not trying mm. to give advice because pretty much 
in a lot of parts of my life, especially my job, I was hired because I've got skills and expertise and they want me yep. to <laughs> kind of tell them what to do and solve problems, <laughs> put out fires and do all the things. Sure. So what's hard is unlearning that you don't have to solve every problem mm -hmm. that people are, whole, we call it whole creative um, beings, that people are whole creative beings that mm -hmm. with the right questions and the right coach, they can solve and engage in their life in new and different ways. So that's hard. I'm trying to think what's hard now. <sighs> what's hard now for me is just really having patience. I've actually gotten a, a lot of coaching on being more patient. Oh, I absolutely, as you just <laughs> summarized, you and I believe these skills really do have the power to change the world from the, a president of a country all the way down to whomever is down. I don't even know who that person is, but them too. And um, I, I did the math recently. There's 53,000 pre-K through 12 educators just in the state of Maryland. It's gonna take over a thousand years at the rate, literally a thousand and fifty <laughs> years. I did the math. I was like, darn it, to get everybody trained up, mm. you know? And so I'm like, all right, people, come on. We need to like speed this up. So I'm just a fan of um, infusing it in as many places as possible. I remember when we first created the program, I, I had to get coaching. It felt scarce. Like we have this program. I don't want anyone to compete with us. We're the first community college. And now mm. I'm like, okay, 1600 other community colleges, get on board. Let's go chop, chop. We got work to do. Um, you know how I feel about Hopkins and coaching. I want more coaching there. I want yep. coaching at all the places. I want more foundations to support coaching initiatives. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm getting, I, I've been a little restless I, and I'm trying to be patient because obviously, you know, this means something um, more deeply to me than it does to the average person. And so I'm just like, okay, come on. <laughs> and I'll try to be patient. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that you were doing the math to figure out how long it would take. <laughs> you know, I don't do math, girl. You know, I, I know I've, I've witnessed it on the fly in class. So <laughs> you needed Anton to help you with that. huh? <laughs> Over a thousand years. Like, yeah. Our kids don't have time for that. No, our society don't. doesn't have time for that. Mm -mm. You need a Coursera course or a MOOC or something to put it out there big. Yeah. Oh, 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 I just got chills when you said that. I was like, why are we not doing that? Like it, it needs to go big. Um, and it, it doesn't need to be saved for the adults. This could no. be a kid's curriculum. This is teens. I mean, this is a children's book series. This does not need to be saved. What are we saving it for? I don't know. And I, th I actually think the kids would show up way more easily with the things that are needed curiosity presence because they're like all in for that I mean that's them right they like they talk about embodiment they embody curiosity so give them a set of powerful questions and a little bit of practice look out you think your kids ask you a lot of questions now wait till they show up coach <laughs> It'll be, it'll be fantastic and yeah. wrangling those voices inside them that get in the yes. way of their saboteurs, calling their sages, dropping in their intuition. I mean, yeah, this is not hard stuff. Yeah. And I, and look, the to-do <laughs> list of things to be done to move coaching forward just got longer. So whoever's listening to this, hop to it with us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now I'm like, 
I'm thinking we need to have a part two on what do we need to do to get coaching out there? Yeah. I mean, I know you're already doing it, but like, what else can we be doing like in big ways? Oh my goodness. So I hate to wrap up, but we're going to wrap up, but I think we're going to have to have a part two. I think we're going to have to come back and, and noodle on this a little bit more. So I always like to ask my guest, Jen, um, is there anything else you want to add that we haven't touched on today before we conclude our conversation? Yeah, I think it came up earlier is like, why wait? Why, <laughs> why wait? If, if you're listening right now and you're like, what is this coaching thing? I'm so curious. Like, why wait? <laughs> Just go work with a coach. Reach out to Carrie. You have all her podcasts and stuff. Carrie, feel free to include anything of mine that you want. Yeah within the podcast description, yep. like why wait? Or if you're thinking, gosh, these skills sound so great. I could use them. Why wait? The quicker you take a course and get coaching skills under your belt, the sooner you use them. And Carrie knows we teach a skill, we practice it. You use it in your life immediately. Yes. Yeah. I used, uh, we had a few coaches who used to joke before the pandemic because we would do all the learning in person. Now we yeah. do mostly by Zoom, but they would say, I wasn't even out of the parking lot leaving the <laughs> class and I was already using a new skill. And I was like, wow. yes, these, I mean, this isn't like, I'll never use the skill. This is like your phone rings or a text comes in and you use it that moment. So um, I would just, the last thing I would say is just don't wait. Mm. Don't wait. I have so many friends and family who are like curious about coaching and they ask me and can you share a coach's name? And then they never try it. And then years later they try it <laughs> and mm. they go, wow, what have I been waiting for? I'm like, yeah, why wait? Live your best life right now. Yeah. She didn't call me out there, everybody, but I think she was looking at me when she said, I have friends that ask and ask and ask and then wait. And then a couple of years later. So I am definitely guilty of that. So I love that. I think we should end. Well, first, I want to thank you, Jen, for coming on. I know you're a busy woman with many things going on and juggling many things. So it's always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you. Um, and I would love to end uh, the conversation today with why wait, get on it contact me. I'll put, I will definitely put Jen's information on the website because she is a wonderful coach as well. And there are lots of coaches out there, as Jen said. So why wait everybody? I think that's enough said, drop the mic, right, Jen? Why wait? So, all right, everybody, this has been another episode of tell me this. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care. So sincere.